Uh, all right, switching gears uh, over the – this has kind of been lost in the shuffle, of course, with respect to the uh, matter of border security and the partial shutdown of the government. But you still have a lot of disagreement across party lines about uh, military presence in Afghanistan and Syria. Shouldn't come as a surprise again. Trump wants out of a lot of foreign entanglements. Uh, Troop levels in Afghanistan and Syria are to be drawn down, according to Trump pronouncements. And I think that's whether or not uh, you can rely on any promise from Turkey's Erdogan to protect our Kurdish allies. And even if he made the promise, which he's not willing to make, I don't think he could rely on it. But is this the right move with respect to this other existential threat that still exists, although it's been minimized, of radical Islamic terrorism? Well, to help us explore that topic, we're pleased to be joined again by our friend Dr. Zudi Jasser who's president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy. He's a former U.S. Navy lieutenant commander, and he's also the author of the book, A Battle for the Soul of Islam. Dr. Jasser, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Oh, it's great to be with you. Happy New Year. Thanks Happy, for having me. Happy New Year. Uh, good to connect with you again. And so um, how did you uh, react to uh, Trump's decision with respect to troops in Syria? Uh, and, and the argument that he and others made which is, look, even the generals say there is no military solution to Syria. So what exactly are we doing there? Yeah, I think, you know, on the one hand, I wasn't surprised, uh, but the timing was a bit odd after the phone call with Erdogan. And also, you know, when we talk about deployments, I think the issue in Afghanistan, there's a significant deployment there. In Syria, you're talking at max 2,000 troops. Um, most of which are special forces. We've got a few hundred special forces in Somalia. We've got special forces all over the world that are doing things that are just part of uh, a targeted op that I don't think uh, the American public, if push comes to shove, would say that's a persistent deployment. Not to mention in Syria, this is a huge return on investment regarding underground intel uh, right on the border of Israel, our greatest ally in the Middle East. Uh, Already, as we've talked about removal, the Russian troops are moving into the town our greatest ally second to Israel are the Kurds. The Kurds are already starting to have to lean towards Russia, lean towards uh, even Assad. And at the end of the day, they are again telling us, uh, and my friends who are on the Kurdish uh, Syrian Democratic Forces are saying, you know, America again is abandoning us like they did in Iraq. And when I talk about return on investment, those few hundred troops, yes, four, four lives are too much, but we lost four American lives in Syria in the last three years. The Kurds lost 10,000 and control 30% of Syria. That's all going to go away and go to Russia. And you have a sort of uh, a nexus of Russia, Turkey, Iran, Assad, and then the radical Islamists, and then our real allies, which are the Kurds and the democratic forces, and now with our removal of those few special forces are going to lose significant intel that we had on the ground. And also then, I have one reason why I like this move, because ultimately it's going to cause that region to flare up even more in which we'll really have to do something real rather than this sort of passive-aggressive move that we've been doing since the Obama administration. But having said that, President Trump should be given credit for allowing Mattis to win the war against ISIS in 2017. It wasn't won a few weeks ago. It wasn't. It was won six months after Mattis took over. And, you know, since then we've basically now are, are withdrawing to basically lose the peace that we had there. So Turkey, Turkey and the Kurds are turning to Russia to solve the problems by our exit and then what is, is Israel's role going to be in all of this? 
Israel, as small of a country as it is, is is basically to uh, stay safe and uh, limit its risk. And as a result, it'll probably reach out to Russia. It'll probably uh, make sure that Hezbollah, Iran's uh, terrorist arm, doesn't uh, have missiles that it can launch. That's why within a few days of President Trump's announcement, they launched attacks on some missile uh, uh, S-300 Russian missiles that Hezbollah had a few miles from their border. So as a result, they're going to continue to do containment. And that's why on the New Year's, our organization had a message, which was, you know, I we get the border security. We get the uh, fact that we had targeted. You, you're not going to win this militarily. But it's time for America to go on the offense against the ideology. Because when we start turning to radical Islamist dictators like Erdogan, who really has no business being in NATO, when we turn to them to maintain the peace, this is uh, – Worse than it was in the if in the Cold War we turned to communist regimes to, to maintain peace against the Soviets. We never did such a thing, and that's sort of what we're doing right now. What what would uh, winning the peace, as you described, look like in terms of American American resources? Again, not military, but simply intel on the ground, uh, working slowly with our allies, not abandoning them, and also being on the offense. Too long we have been on the defense. We see now two Muslim members of Congress that are part of the identity politic uh, response. We see huge foundations donating to the Islamist uh, causes. And yet the cause of liberty, secular liberal democracy, is not being pushed uh, through our public diplomacy programs, through the State Department and elsewhere. We should be in the offense. The Russians, the Iranians, the, the Muslim Brotherhood should be declared a terrorist organization. We should put them on the defense uh, against the liberals, uh, there are women that want to be free in Saudi Arabia. Iran is on the verge of a, of a revolution that would really defeat the Islamists. Those are the areas that we should be pushing publicly rather than simply this whack-a-mole defense that we've been uh, as a strategy. What did you think of, uh, speaking of the uh, new uh, Muslim American members of Congress, what did you oh, yeah. think of uh, Rashida Tlaib and uh, her comments about the president, and also, even more important than her profanity, uh, her and Ocasio-Cortez uh, wiping Israel off their uh, their maps and their offices and uh, just declaring that uh, territory the state of Palestine. Uh, Palestine, excuse me. I like Palestine. Yeah, well. Yeah, local. My, my friend uh, and, and uh, you know, contact Siraj Hajimi has a good piece in the Washington Examiner about how the, the feminists and the women's movement really need to look at themselves and see why is two flaming anti-Semites like Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, now the, the icons of, of the women's movement when they are just grotesquely anti-Semitic. Uh, being a, you know against some of Israel's policies is very different than being anti-Israel. And these two members of Congress are anti-Israel. They're, it's the new anti-Semitism, and, and the left should be ashamed of itself. Uh, they are basically... Uh, treating Muslims with the bigotry of low expectations. Uh, our community can do better than them and, and better than this. And at the end of the day, nobody's taking away their free speech. But what happens is they become the poster children for the Muslim community. Mm-hmm. And here are folks that are, are – these two members of Congress repulse when people criticize Islam and they want to control that speech. And yet if they use profanity against the president, uh, that's supposed to be sort of this uh, authenticity that would never be tolerated in a mosque, let alone let's see her say that about the president, about the head of Hamas in Gaza, and see how long she would stay free over there. So it's quite the epitome of hypocrisy for them to fall for treating our faith uh, uh, 
and with kid gloves, and yet they treat our country with and with an abandon. Uh, they've said things about the military that I find quite offensive, and so many other things. And and I think it's just time to stop with the identity politics and really look at the ideologies that they present. He is Dr. Zudi Jasser, president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy, medical doctor, former U.S. Navy lieutenant commander, and the author of the book, A Battle for the Soul of Islam. Dr. Jasser, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks for having me. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Connect with Dan and Amy on the AM560 The Answer mobile app. Just text the word app to 64636 to download the app today.